know Howie very well. He drafted you. You know Howie very well. He traded for you. I know Howie very well. He cut me. So we all know <laughs> Howie. We just talked to Howie the other day. We just talked to Howie. Howie Roseman has been on a mission. Howie made amazing moves. Fans are yelling at him. He said, hey, I'm the one that got y'all effing championship. That's right. You remember that? That is true. Howie with the horns. <laughs> Howie with the horns. Clipped his off and sent it to Howie. Howie, Howie. You ain't like that. Welcome back. There he is, ladies and gentlemen, Eagles general manager, Howie Roseman. Howie, what's up, man? What's up, guys? I don't do this very often, but what am I going to say? No to you, to you two? Yeah, you didn't really have a choice. I'm not going to lie. Shady, do you have a choice? No, he didn't have a choice. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this every day. Why you ain't come on the show? Why you ain't come on the show? Hey, Howie, let's get to the first and foremost thing. Like, how is it being at another Super Bowl? Take us through the sights and sounds, et cetera. Yeah, I think we're kind of in the moment. You know, obviously we got a big challenge ahead. Um, you know, uh, Shady knows how I feel about Coach Reed and, and what he's done for all of us and what a great coach he is. And obviously they got a, a Hall of Fame coach, Hall of Fame quarterback. So I think we're just, um, we're kind of in the moment. We understand the challenge ahead of us. And um, at the same time, we know we got to have our best week of preparation to play our best game against a great team. So okay, that's, that's kind of where we're at. That, that's cute and all, Howie, but I got to give you your flowers. I got to. We do on the show all the time. You literally are the most celebrated general manager across all of sports on this here show, which is probably why you're on this here show. Um, You constructed a heck of a football team. Like you constructed a phenomenal football team. Why so aggressive and how did you do it? Yeah, it's kind of how I roll. You know, I I think that um, the biggest regrets I've had have been when we don't do things, um, we don't take chances and we don't go in a direction. And um, obviously we got to do it. Would that make sense? You know, we're not just trying to do things um, for the sake of making moves. But uh, I think when we, we played last year in the playoffs and saw where those teams were that were competing for a championship and where we were, um, we knew we had a lot of work to do. And luckily for us, we, we had a bunch of picks. Um, we had the ability to add some players um, because we had a quarterback on a rookie deal. And um, we went out and, and had some opportunities. And, and obviously, it's about it's a player's league. You know, um, we're fortunate to have a great group of guys who, who are really committed to each other and uh, have had an unbelievable year. And uh, that put us in the opportunity we have now. And, and now, obviously, we got a big challenge ahead of us on Sunday. Hey, Howie, it's Shady here. A hey, quick Shady, question. He you. I mean, it's for, your for, the, for the people. You lead the for Eagles the, in rushing. For the people. For the people. You don't have to introduce yourself. He does this all the time with me. God dang. Anyway, hey, Howie, when, when, when you guys drafted Jalen Hurts, Philadelphia fans weren't too happy about that. I remember getting calls from different people. What did you see in Jalen Hurts to, to make you go out there and get him in the second round? Yeah, I think for us, you know, I don't know that any team in the National Football League has benefited more from having depth at the quarterback position than the Eagles since I've been there, you know, and you guys know that you guys are part of teams that made playoff runs with backup quarterbacks. And so um, I think for us, when we watched Jalen and we we saw him as a true freshman, win SEC player of the year, compete for a national championship as a true freshman, we saw him have adversity, overcome it go to Oklahoma, be a Heisman Trophy finalist. And and it's hard to find quarterbacks who every year of their career you felt like were getting better. And so he got better freshman year. And then obviously to his senior year. And then from his senior year to the combine, he was throwing better. And I think the guy just has the, something inside of him, something unique inside of him as a leader, as a worker. And you combine that with physical tools and you have a shot. And from, from our perspective, 
Um, we talk about, you know, not wanting to have regrets. Um, obviously, we had a situation prior where we liked a quarterback. We got Q, we missed out, and then we were in a situation that we had to kind of keep trying to find another one. And, and I think um, anytime you see a player that you really like, especially at the quarterback position, like you go get them. And, and it wasn't comfortable for a long time. I mean, you guys know Philly. Um, they let you hear it. They let you hear it. And um, I, I got it. You know, I understood the perspective. I also felt like, you know, you always got to do what you think is best for your team, even if it's, you know, in the moment, not the most popular thing. And, and I remember – that first training camp, a couple of our vet receivers, and you could probably figure out who they were on, on that team, came up to me and they go, man, we thought you were crazy, but we kind of see it, you know? And uh, <laughs> it didn't take long to be around Jalen to see that he had the ability. He yeah. had the ability to be really good, and he had the work ethic and leadership to whatever level that he could get to. And I don't know that we've still seen it, you know, even coming off an MVP season you know he's going to reach it because he's going to do whatever it takes to do whatever it takes to do it. That's right. Yep, that's, that's incredibly well said. Howie, all right, let's talk about the season. Week one, you're down 7-0 to zero to the Detroit Lions. The offense, they go uh, nine and out. They get no points. You have to win that game. Jalen Hurts marches down the field. He has 82 of the team's 85 yards that drive. Then against the Dallas Cowboys, I believe it was week six, the Cowboys had scored 14 unanswered. Jalen Hurts with four minutes left. You have to have it. He goes down the field, a 75-yard touchdown drive. Then against the Colts, y'all just coming off your first loss. The season might unravel. A.J. Brown fumbles. The Colts are up by six. <laughs> Hertz goes down the field. He leads the team. Eagles win 17-16. to 16. What was the moment you knew Jalen Hurts was the franchise quarterback of the future? What was the moment you knew that's the man I'm going to pay? Well, I'm glad I didn't listen to you the week that we lost to Washington and you're talking about the season unraveling because I think we're 8-1 and, and I certainly wasn't feeling that right there. But, um, you know, I, I think in terms of when we knew the team had a chance to be really good, was that moment right there. We had lost to Washington. We turned the ball over four times. Dallas Goddard went down with an injury. He's a, he's a phenomenal player. Um, and we went to Indy, and, you know, we Jalen led a drive to give us a lead 17-16. I think there was, there was at the two-minute warning, it was probably right coming out of the two-minute warning. And so, you know, it wasn't an overwhelming game for us. And we came back and we were playing Green Bay uh, on a Monday night with Aaron Rodgers mm. and um, – we played phenomenal that week. Then Tennessee came in, physical run game, obviously physical football team. Coach Rabel does a great job with those guys. Um, you know, played phenomenal in that game. Went to New York, played phenomenal that game. And so, like, that little stretch right there where we kind of hit that lull at that part of the season and then just how we responded to that, I thought, showed uh, so much about this team. In terms of Jalen, I mean, you know, they, the guy played unbelievable from the day that we hit the practice field, you know, during mini camps. And uh, you saw that all the stuff that we talked about or our coaches talked about with him about taking to the next level, accuracy, anticipation, it all was taken to that next level. And, you know, I, I think a lot of times uh, we got to look at ourselves as guys who help run teams about what are we doing to give that guy the best opportunity. And so if you don't, if you don't surround him with, with a great offensive line, if you don't have good skill, skill guys to help him out, if you make it a one man show, you just put so much on that guy's plate. That's a hard thing to do. And so, you know, we got to take responsibility as well to make sure that we're doing the right things for, for our young quarterback here. And, and we wanted to make sure that whatever Jalen's potential was, 
we saw that, and the way to do that is to make sure he was surrounded by talent. Howie, I've known you for such a long time. I'm so happy for your success. No. No. You're my guy. <laughs> but we only I talked know. about giving you flowers for putting this team together and Jalen Hurts. Let's talk about you picking these coaches. Well, for Doug Peterson now to Nick Sirianni, talk about that process of bringing in a hell of a coach like Nick Sirianni. And what was that process like? Yeah, I'll tell you this. Like, you know, I feel very fortunate. Um, you know, obviously, like Coach Reed, uh, Coach Peterson, two Super Bowl champions, being, being a GM for those guys, um, guys I knew for a long time, uh, phenomenal coaches, phenomenal people to work with. And, and that's a high bar. And, um, you know, when, when we went out on this coaching search, we started a week later than everyone. And, um, you know, like we kind of said, hey, we're, we're probably going to miss the first wave of the guys who are probably in the bag already with other teams. But let's just kind of act like we're the first search next year. And let's see who we think will be the hottest candidate next year based on their body of work and, mm-hmm. and based on, on the interviews we do. And and um, we had known Coach Sirianni just because Coach Reich had talked so highly of him. And I remember him telling me, you know, the best coach I've ever been around was, was Nick Sirianni. And when I get a job, he's going to be my first hire. And um, then it hurt unbelievable things coming out of Indianapolis. But, you know, it's like speed dating. And, and I don't know anything about that, you know. <laughs> I know your wife very well but, now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think that that when you do that, you're, you're taking a risk, right? You're on like two dates and now we're getting married. And um, yeah, there's a little risk involved. And, and you know, I'm going to tell you guys a funny story. And, and he's going to kill me if I tell you this. Uh-oh. So I just like look around. He's coming to my office or something. The first week we're back in Philly and we're going through college stuff. And I walk in his office and he's got like a, a neck brace. And and I'm like, you you good? And he goes, yeah, I got like neck spasms. I'm like, he's like, I, I, I can't like look this way or that way. And I remember going to my office and going, what the hell is he going to do when we're on a five-game losing streak? He's got a freaking <laughs> neck brace and we get to the job. And he's like, tell And I told him that like when we make the playoffs, I go, I was worried you had a freaking neck brace on. He goes, dude, I had a neck spasm. What do you think? I was like, I don't know. But I, I think for us with him, when we were two and five and he was consistent, and you guys know being around great coaches, the consistency is what matters. And I know you, you know this. There's no one better in the world than Andy Reid about being consistent day after day. And, um, man, I love that guy so much. But I, I think until you see, like, a guy go through it, especially in Philly when everything's coming at you, right and left hooks, you don't know. And when I saw that last year, I went, all right, we're going to be good. We're going to be good. Howie, I got to ask you a straight-up question, man, because you, you fleece a lot of dudes. You got Darius Slay for a third and a fifth. Give me that. You got <laughs> Chauncey Gardner-Johnson for a seventh. Give me that. Change of some picks. When, the, when the deal – oh, well, say it again. Get me, get me straight. Fifth. A fifth, 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 man. When, um, when a deal goes through – and you know you just got over on somebody. Do you like, is there like a Howie smirk? Like, how are you feeling when you're like, did I really just do this? I, I'm the, I'm the, I, anytime we make a trade and someone says yes, I'm wondering if I'm getting screwed. I'm like, <laughs> what, what are they doing here? Like, oh, you know, and I think that all of those were unique situations, right? Like Slay in that situation in Detroit, they weren't seen eye to eye. And, um, you know, the ironic thing is like, we didn't know Slay that well. And all the reports coming out of Detroit, where I, I remember talking about it and going, I think this guy's a really good guy who loves football, but obviously you don't know till you live with him. And this this guy was a, a captain for our team. He's our captain right now. 
This guy loves football. He loves being around his teammates. He's so selfless. Like he's taking the rookies and he's freaking having his wife cooking them meals and stuff. And what a freaking great guy. And the same thing, you know, Chauncey, I know him from Florida and, um, you know, you kind of just worry, you worry that you're hurting the team by doing too, too many moves. You worry about you're hurting the team by bringing in someone who doesn't fit with the kind of players you have and the personalities you have. And I think that we have such great leadership on this team, not only with our coaching staff, but man, we have guys that y'all played with, you know, like that, you know, and it's like, I can go to those guys and say, Hey, this is what I think I know about this guy. Maybe can you do a little work or, Hey, I'm going to take a chance, not necessarily on these two guys, but I'm going to take a chance on this personality. Are you guys good with it? You know, there may be a little bit more responsibility. I may need you guys to have my back because I'm not in the locker room, but if he gets out of hand and I'll go, it's it's not even going to get there, Howie, because we have such good guys in our locker room that they're influenced. Like there's not a guy in our locker room that I worry about this week. I'm yeah. definitely going to have this rerun on, on Sunday. After, after <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Howie. But, we, That's we, what makes me proud. Yeah. Good guy. We, we had Andy Reid, Big Red, on um, yesterday, uh, and uh, we know him oh so well. And he was talking about, oh, my God, the Eagles team is so great. I said, hold up, coach. I know this trick. You, you, love, you love the other team up, the, the soft up a little bit, so you go on there and destroy them. But how excited yeah. are you to play in, uh, Andy Reid in this championship game? Yeah, it's funny because um, during media night, I just I just watched. Uh, I just wanted to see him. You know, I haven't I haven't seen him um, for a little for a minute here, and I wanted to see him. And then I just wanted to see how he would do with our players that we drafted together. You know, yeah, yeah. Fletch, BG, and Kels, and um, and 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 it freaking choked me up to think about like. Wow. Here's a guy who took a chance on me and was willing to to take me as his GM, this Hall of Fame coach. And um, man, it, it it's not like it, it it's not like there's this like it, it, like there's rivalry there. There's so much respect. And at the same time, yeah, we won't win this game bad. There's no doubt. <laughs> right, right. And, I, and I told Coach Sirianni, I go, there'll be a lot of flowers thrown your way, Coach. But just know, I mean, he. He's coming for us. There's no doubt. But, um, you know, that, that, that guy, awesome. you know, I think of what, every time I see you, LaShawn, like I think about us and rallying around Coach Reed, you know, and just yes. um, how much everyone loved him, you know, and, and still does love him. And, and he's got that. But I also know how much his will to win, you know, yep. and, and how him. much how competitive he is and how much he wants to win. And um, on Sunday, I, I know that the first thing – remember when we played – um, we that? played Cleveland like back to back. We played him like the last week of the preseason. Then we played him the first game yeah. of the season. Is that when Joe Bennett went over there? Oh, that was because I was in Cleveland. Yeah, that was in two thousand. Yeah, that was in two thousand twelve. Two thousand twelve. Yeah. I remember he he said, "Take the preseason game. Say hello to your friends. You know how we say hello to Hacker. You know we got Pat Shermer over there. Pat Shermer done yeah. game day. So <laughs> I know if I walk up to him, if I walk up to him on Sunday before the game and I go, hey, coach, how you doing? Oh. He's going to give me like this little, like he's, he's going to be all business <laughs> as he should be. And uh, there's so much respect that we have for him and his team and um, the run that they have. We have our work cut out for us as well. But um, I'm excited about our group of guys. I'm excited about the quick, opportunity. Quick hot seat question. Don't get mad at me, Asho. Top three, because we want to talk about top three players, the top five players. Top three GMs right now. Ooh. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Howie, I, I, those are my guys. I got, those are my guys. Those are my friends. I, I got you turning, one, now. Howie, I got two more for you. My first thought is this. 
You've done an incredible job, as we've already said. I think six all pros, seven pro bowlers, some outland eight pro bowlers. Crazy number. But in the midst of how talented that team is, people tried to say, well, it's the team. It's not Jalen Hurts. What do you, Howie Roseman, the man who constructed the incredible team and also drafted Jalen Hurts, say to those who say it's the team, not Jalen Hurts? I mean, we're 18 and one in his last 19 starts or some crazy stat like that. Um, We've had different players in and out. Um, I I just don't know how anyone watches our games and doesn't think Jalen's a phenomenal player. Uh, Everything he does. And um, it's not just with his legs. He's a he's a phenomenal passer. Um, His deep ball accuracy, his completion percentage, every aspect of his game has gone to an elite level. And I think anyone who's saying that we're not in this position because of a lot of people, but led by Jalen Hurts, you know, hasn't watched us all year. Yeah. And then and I think about it. Finally, you've drafted Brandon Graham in 2010, Jason Kelsey in 2011, Fletcher Cox in 2012, Lane Johnson in 2013. They are all still a part of the team. How do you get it right so often? Well, you know, I don't, I don't know that people in Philly would agree with that um, very much. But I think at the end of the day, like, those guys, like those guys are, are uh, as biggest part of the story as anything this week and this season. And those guys, you know, they understand what, what it takes to not only win, but also how to play at a high level in, in a difficult football environment. And I know that when we bring a person, a player into our O-line room, or our D-line room, like they are going to figure out what's right and what's wrong, what the standard is very quickly. And we have, you know, Eagles Hall of Famers. I mean, with all due respect, Ach, we got another one on this call, as we both know, you know, um, but we, we I, I, I mean, that's an easy one. That's an easy one. But I think when when you think about that and and the fact that our O line and D line are the engines of this team, yeah, you know, that's true, yeah. And um, you know, this D line, I I don't think our D line gets enough credit. I mean, we're five sacks away from tying the all time record from the '85 Bears. Who, you know, it's funny. Um, I, we were in Chicago and Richard Jen walked in the elevator, and I joke all the time, like we start talking about something, I'll go, I don't know if they're the 85 Bears, you know, and then I'm freaking talking about the 85 <laughs> Bears. You know? And and that starts with a D-line, and that's led by Fletch and BG, yeah. you know. And then this offensive line, like I'll put this offensive line up against any offensive line, um, certainly in the league, and, you know, I'm not so sure it doesn't go deeper than that. But um, at the end of the day, like those guys are phenomenal, and they're led by those four guys. And those four guys are our captains. And, um you know, it, it makes me proud that those guys not only are still playing, but you're talking about it, you know, Lane, first team, all pro Kelsey, first team, all pro BG 12 freaking sacks. 12 BG, sacks. How he's not a comeback player of the year candidate. Sacks. I don't know. I don't know how that makes any sense coming off an Achilles. And then Fletch has seven sacks and is still disruptive in the middle of defense. And nobody even talks about Fletch, you know, right. seven sacks and everyone's saying the same thing Fletch has done. I don't know. I, I just watch tape every week and just see him dominate and run him past. <laughs> and so I, at the end of the day, like those guys, those guys are, are our family, you know, they're Eagles family here and they take their roles seriously. And, um, Man, I'm proud of those guys. Really proud of those guys. Howie, everyone's favorite Howie Roseman moment was this moment. You will remember it. We will show it to you. I loved it. But it was this specific moment. This was everybody's favorite moment. Everybody's favorite moment. Don't worry, Howie. No sound. No sound. (laughs) You know what she said. (laughs) 
The gist of it for those watching was, Howie, you said you're welcome. Okay. You said you're welcome. Yeah, right. um, just talk about that moment. Talk about your emotions as we, as we proceed to wrap. Yeah, you know, it's hard for me during games because um, you're just watching, you know, and you got, <laughs> you got, um, I got four kids and, and I feel like every one of these guys is like fingers on my hand. You know, we picked them. You two, too, you know, like. Um, and so when you when you're getting ready for a game and you're so excited for these guys for their opportunity and you want them to do so well. And so, um, you know, I probably shouldn't talk to people before games. You know, maybe I'll learn that lesson one day. But, um, <laughs> you know, our, our fans are passionate and um, I get that. There's a high standard in Philly. And at the same time, I'm proud of what we've done here. You know, I'm proud of what we've done. Um, my whole tenure here, my time as a GM, you know, uh, we've made the playoffs five of the last six years. That's hard to do in the National hard Football League, hard you know, and we made two Super Bowls. And, um, you know, I, I'm, pr I'm proud. I'm proud. And, and sometimes that gets the best of me. You know, I am who I am. And um, uh, I probably would like that moment back. But <laughs> I wouldn't like for you to yeah, have it back. Howie, um, lastly, why the heck didn't you draft me? I get it. You traded for me like in 2013. <laughs> But I met with you, I met with Andy, I met with Castillo, no. and we were in the freaking combine meeting room. You asked me this question. I don't know if you remember it. You said, Acho, how many reps of 225 did you hit? I embellished a little bit. I said 25. Yeah. Howie, you quickly said 24. They took one away from you. I just got to know. <laughs> National audience, like, why, why, why didn't you draft the kid, Howie? Why didn't you draft him? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Um we liked you. That's why that's, we went on our college grade when, when we traded for you, you know, and we traded Pitt running back, you know, Dion. Um, he's a heck of a player, too. Yes, that's a story was. for another day. You know that. <laughs> How are you the man, Duce? You had one final one, right? About the running backs? Yeah. I know this answer. He wants me to ask, ask the question. who's your favorite running back of all time for Philadelphia Eagles? He's going to say me. This is my guy. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, though, man, like that, that's, you know, I, if Deuce is on this call, he's going to come for me. Oh, you know that. <laughs> and that's a big you know? man. <laughs> <laughs> Howie, you he are. Was, I got that. <laughs> but listen, you know, I, I, I'll tell you a funny story. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, Shady comes into our interview. You're going to remember this. He comes in our interview room. We were so excited to freaking interview him, you know, and, um, and at the end, at the end of it, like I, I go to, I go to give him a hug, you know, and he like sneezes. I'm like, you're right. He goes, man, I've had pneumonia like all week. Like <laughs> I feel awful. I've been feeling oh, awful. Oh yeah, I was. And, I was sick. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you what, you know, a little, uh, he doesn't know this, but we were talking between him and Mac at that first round pick. And because of what happened at the yeah. combine, Mac because he, he didn't test it. He didn't test as well right there at the combine because he wasn't feeling good. And we spent the whole second round. I don't know if you know this. We spent the whole second round trying to trade up to get him and trying to get him. And finally, it just came to our pick. And um, that's that's one of those stories where it's like, know you know, what. I remember he did that for us. Like, he leaves the room. And I'm like, why is he shaking my hand when he's freaking sick at the combine? <laughs> you know? But I think him being sick at the combine allowed us to draft him and uh, the rest is history. Yes, that's crazy because, like, when I, in Philadelphia, I tell people this, like, like teammates and fans, one thing I learned from being around guys like Howie, Andy Reid, Mr. Lurie, it's a real family. I, I've been removed from the Philadelphia Eagles for years, yep. and we're still tight. You know, we text and talk from time to time. So that's one thing I want to thank you for, just making me feel like family. Appreciate that, Howie. Yeah, right. You are. You are. And both of you guys do a heck of a job. I'll tell you, Arch, he, he called me like twice in a row. And when, when anyone calls me twice in a row – 
who I care about, I think someone's like, uh, like something's wrong, right? Yeah. And he called me twice in a row and I'm like, you good? And he's like, yeah, man, I'm just checking on, you know? And I'm like meeting with Nick and Nick's like, who are you picking up the phone for right now? When they're, we're in the middle of the meeting, like preparing for the Super Bowl, I'm like, Shady needed me, man. And then I'm like, hold on, I'm gonna put you on FaceTime. Oh, right okay, here. Okay, be FaceTime. <laughs> hey, Howie, a true testament to your character. Cause like Shady said, he hasn't been a part of the Eagles organization since 2015. I haven't been a part of the Eagles organization since 2015, but it's 2023 and we're all sitting right here on this call. So thank you for being the man you, you are. On my hand, brothers. Can't wait. Hopefully I see you down here. Go yeah, Birds. We'll Heck see yeah, you. we'll be there tonight. We'll see you, Howie. Thanks right, so much. Yep, thank you. Thank you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now, welcome back. Welcome back. Let's get on cam. Let's get on cam. Let's get on cam. Yesterday, literally, as we were getting offset, people were taking off mics. The studio was going dark. We got the call that Andy Reid was sitting down on the chair to talk to your speak family. It was an incredible conversation. And y'all take a listen to what the Super Bowl winning coach had to say. We are now joined on speak by Super Bowl winning head coach Andy Reid. Now, coach, I got to start you off with the hardest hitting question you're going to get all week. Is LaShawn McCoy the best running back you've ever coached? <laughs> I'll tell you what, he, he's a future Hall of Famer. I got to give him that. Uh, it might be on radio, but on the field, <laughs> it, was, it was tremendous, too. I love this guy right here. He changed my life forever. Coach, um, a, a serious question, because he's playing around, but a serious <laughs> question. When you left in 2013, I'm, myself, um, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, we all were sad, right? And then when you came back to play in Philadelphia, the emotions were so crazy. Um, you know, some was sad, some was we missed you. How's your emotions now playing your old team, Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, it's, listen, I mean, it's different. Uh, it was really different when I first heard that's who we were going to play. Uh, but, um, I, you know, once it's all said and done, now you're trying to get ready to, just to play a great football team. And, and that's, that's where I'm at. So uh, it's, it's going to be man on man as we, as we get into this thing. And uh, whoever is the best team is going to come out on top. And so trying to prepare our guys to make sure we, we can function at a high level. Coach, you have had an incredible, and I mean incredible, career. Your first stint, as Shady talked about, with the Eagles. But right here and now, it's all about the Chiefs. What was the moment this season, Coach, that you knew you could get back to the Super Bowl? You had high highs, some questionable lows, but what was that moment that you knew, you know what, this team's capable of going back? Yeah, well, listen, I've got Pat Mahomes. I mean, that, that helps. And, and, uh, and so uh, we lost Tyreek Hill. I know people thought that that was the end of it. Um, and I'm so happy for him for having a good year, and he made a lot of money. I mean, he's, he's set for, for life there. Um, the, the, the positive is that uh, Brett Veach, who actually w was a big McCoy fan, man. I mean, he, he loved LaShawn and was a big reason that LaShawn was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. So anyways, Brett is our general manager, and he did a great job mm -hmm. of going out and getting 
new players to step into the wide receiver spot with McCole Hartman. And, and, uh, and, but, but the, listen, the bottom line was we had Pat Mahomes. And so uh, who makes everybody around him better. And uh, these guys stepped up to the plate. He and Kelsey made everybody feel at home stepping in. And uh, I'm, I'm proud as much as I'm proud of the guys all playing well, that part of it uh, as a head coach really was gratifying that they, they invited these guys in, they checked all egos at the door and they became a team. And that uh, that's what makes this group unique. Coach, you have an incredible coaching tree, obviously. Your former players love you, and you're known as being a teacher. How important is you showing up as your authentic self and being authentic important as a head coach? Because you're, you're dealing with different generations, people from different places, and you've been able to relate to people on a real emotional and personal level throughout your career. Yeah, Joy, I mean, I'm not getting any younger. And so uh, I've, I've lost that relationship that, that, hey, he's a young head coach. I'm, yeah, that's over. So now I'm like the grandfather. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm in there and I, I, I enjoy being around these guys. I think really what they want is just you to be honest with them and mm. shoot them straight, let them know where they're at. And, and so we try to do that. I try to do that as, as the head coach and I've seen enough now to where if I can give guidance to them, I try to do that the best I can. Um, and I love being around the guys. I mean, I love, I love the youth uh, that keeps me young. And, uh, and, and so even though I look old, I'm, I, I feel like I'm, I'm 20. Well, maybe not 20, but somewhere. In <laughs> Coach, you look great. You look great. Okay, you talked about, <laughs> you talked about guidance. The score was 10-7. It was the divisional round. Patrick Mahomes, your special quarterback, had just gotten hurt against the Jacksonville Jags. He was urging you to let him go back in the game. Most coaches would have looked at the moment and said, I don't care about your health. Just go back in the game. But you said, I'm not letting you go back in until you get x-rayed. Talk me through that moment and why you cared more about his health in that moment than the game itself. Well, listen, I mean, uh, the game's important. I, I understand that uh, you don't want to put somebody out there that, that um, is hurt, uh, that can't protect himself. It's a, violent, it's a violent game. I mean, we can say whatever we want to say, but there's some big guys chasing you, man, that can run fast and hit hard. And so uh, if you can't get out of the way of that, the, then you're really subjecting yourself to, to harm. And so, uh, I, you know, I can't do that to really any player. And, and Pat, in this case that we're talking about, he wanted to fight me over it, but he, he uh, <laughs> you love that part as a coach. You love that part too. So that he wanted to go back in, but I just want to make sure the thing wasn't broken. And I, I was standing right there where he got hit and it was, it was kind of a nasty looking injury. So, uh, he ended up running up there, believe it, he ran up there, uh, to get x-rayed, uh, which I had a hard time believing. I didn't see that till later, but he ran up, got the x-ray and then, and then came back down and was able to jump back in there. Coach, I'm going to step out on a small limb and assume that the thrill of playing in a Super Bowl never gets old, but I'm curious for your perspective, having coached in quite a few of these at this point. The spectacle, the demand on your attention, the stuff that goes into it that's different than every other game. What, what have you learned about Super Bowl week, maybe that you didn't know as a younger coach or, or pitfalls that you got to avoid? Just what has this experience of, of going to this game as often as you have taught you over the years? 
Yeah, Dave, you get, you've got to, we try to knock everything out back home where it's kind of calm. And uh, once you get down to the site where, where we're at now, Arizona in this case, uh, things are a little chaotic. You have the media and you have a couple other obligations that you, you've got to deal with. And, and so uh, you, your time is a bit limited uh, on all the football you want to do. So what we did was, we, that's what we did. We, we uh, took care of business back home and uh, and then we came out here and we've, we've tried to stay uh, busy with the football part as much as we can, but still give the guys the time to go do these other things. Coach, you have a very talented squad. You have a very talented squad, but talk to me about not having the Terrell Owens, not having the Tyree Kill, as you mentioned earlier. What's been the most exciting part of this season, not having that superstar wide receiver out on the field, but still having as prolific an offense? Yeah, well, it's all, all these guys coming together to be stars. And, and so it's uh, maybe one big star, and that's, uh, th- that's been fun to watch. Um, there's not that one guy that, that jumps out other than, than Travis and, uh, and Pat. Uh, the rest of the guys are like worker bees, man. They get in there, and they make these big plays, and it, it – um, uh, that they have, haven't had a chance necessarily to make with other teams or they, they're coming off injuries uh, with other teams and step in and are able to, uh, you know, being healthy, are able to make these plays. And so uh, it always seems like somebody steps up at a crucial time uh, to make a crucial play. And I've appreciated that. And it's great to have this offensive line that we have. They've been able to kind of hang together throughout the, the year and, stay for the most part injury-free, and, and uh, they've, they've gelled and do a nice job there. I don't want to neglect that group uh, by not mentioning them. Coach, everybody seems to know you just from your resume and the things you, you have accomplished. Um, but I want to talk about how competitive you are that people don't know, the players know. And we keep hearing about the Philadelphia Eagles defense line. They get to the sacks, sacking the quarterback, their third um, in, in history, you know, at the, the most sacks. So – Talk about how fired up you are to get out there and do your thing on offense. Yeah, well, listen, they 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 play five of them, and they've got another five behind them. So uh, they, they've got a they've got a good bunch, and heck, we respect them. Uh, that doesn't mean we're going to play uh, any less aggressive. I mean, we're we're going to go out there and and, and do our best uh, to compete against them, and so. Uh, that's that's our attitude, and you can only do is, uh, what you can do. And, and I don't ask the guys to do anything more than that. Just be yourselves and and, and go play, and let your personality show. And and, uh, and and so that's that's where we're at. And prepare, uh, make sure that you're you've got all the, the the scheme and game plan, all that stuff down, and, you're, and then trust your fundamentals and let's go. Coach, the final question. This is another hard, hard hitter. LaShawn McCoy, he wanted to ask it, so we saved the toughest question for last. Shady? You coach both of these players. Which Kelsey brother do you like the most? <laughs> oh, man. That is a tough one. Uh, their, mom, their mom has it right, man. Give them both some cookies and wear half a jersey with each one of their numbers on it. Uh, I'm a, on Sunday, though, I'm going to like number 87. <laughs> That's right. Hey, heck of an answer. Coach, thank you so much for the time. You did not have to do it, but you did, and it speaks to the man you are. We appreciate you, and best of luck in the Super Bowl. All right.
Oh, your Take cheeseburger. <laughs> love you. All right. Love you. Love All you right, there. Coach. Two five. Yeah. Doug got it. Like, enjoy <laughs> hanging there. <laughs> well, only on speak could days before the Super Bowl you find the head coach of the Chiefs and the general manager of the Eagles joining us. But that's how we get down around here. Yo, yo, we having some fun, right? Yeah. Just checking. Um, one of my favorite rap lyrics. It says, bow in the presence of greatness. Ooh. We in the presence of greatness. Yeah. Let me get the introduction first, then we can applaud. <laughs> Quandre Diggs, three-time Pro Bowl safety for the Seattle Seahawks. Only safety since Ed Reed with six consecutive seasons or three with three-plus interceptions. Mm. Talk to him. Mm. Quandre Diggs has been a captain of a bad defense for the last several years. So without further ado, can y'all clap for Quandre Diggs, please? Hugh, let's start with this. Um, this is a big game. This is a huge game. Clearly, you have the desire to be in this game. Y'all made it to the playoffs. Y'all fell short. But talk to me about the season, the Seattle Seahawks season. Nobody gave y'all a chance, and y'all still made it to the playoffs. Just talk about that. I mean, it's, it's special. You know, I mean, I think that goes a lot to with the culture that Pete Carroll has created up there. And um, it's something that they've been doing for 11, 12 years. And it's a standard in that building. So, you know, when everybody was doubting us and everybody was saying we wasn't going to be good and, you know, we would win four games, I mean, we were laughing, really, because, I mean, we got a bunch of underdogs in that locker room, a bunch mm -hmm. of guys that, you know, um, when you get challenged, you know, they want to go, go beat those challenges. And that's kind of what we did all year. And you see it. I, we got the comeback player of the year. You know, we got two rookies in there for offensive and defensive player of the year. So, um, I mean, it speaks, speaks credit to the culture and everything that's Pete's created. And, you know, I just, you know, I just been following the lead since I've got there and now I'm the, I'm the captain. So, you know, guys are following me and I'm just doing my best to uphold that standard. And Gino pretty notoriously had a quote about what you just mentioned getting written off. And I'll, I'll be you honest said, hey, with right you. Back, <laughs> <laughs> right back. I wasn't sure how he was going to look this season. Obviously, we know what Pete Carroll and, and you all have built there and the consistency, but he was a big question mark for all of us, except for him and apparently you guys. So when did you see that he was going to be capable of doing this? I mean, I think for us, it was the year before we had to start those three games when uh, Russ was injured. Um, we were in the game against Pittsburgh. We could have played better defensively. Um, and then, you know, the Jacksonville game, he came out and he just lit it up. You know, I think he he had like 12 straight completions, um, which is a credit to he had like 68 percent complete complete percentage this year. So um, he showed that in those games, and then we got the camp. You could just see the confidence, and you know he's bringing everybody together. He's running with the ones, and you know he has the chemistry chemistry with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and um, the offensive line, and they're believing him. And then we got young guys, Ken Walker and Rashad Penny. So. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, veterans like that. And, you know, you see him competing, going against us, and we're making it hard as we can. And um, he's stepping up to the challenge. He's bringing that energy, that swagger that he has. And, you know, um, I know you guys see him talking trash a little bit on the field, but <laughs> that's who he is at practice, too. Like, me and him, we're going out of that practice because we want to make each other better. And um, I think he did a tremendous job, and, you know, I can't wait to get him back next year. Q, they call you Quandre the Giant. Where do you get that nickname from? Man. Because, by the way, <laughs> he looks six foot. He's really 5'8". <laughs> okay. Okay. So, in case you're all wondering. Short kings, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, for, for context, 
Quandre played at Texas. I played at Texas. I've known Q since he was literally like 15. Quandre the Giant, where'd the nickname come from? I mean, it came when I came to Texas in the spring. You guys brought me in 2011 in the spring. You guys are coming off a of five and seven year. Y'all needed a little spark, so. Um, a little, little spark. You know what I mean? <laughs> I came in there, you know, and I just was me. I was just myself, and, you know, I just played well. And, you know, I always talked my trash, and but I always showed up. And, you know, um, I think the strength coaches came up with it. That's when uh, uh, one of those Lil Wayne songs that came out during that spring, and it says Dave, about you are Andre a resident Lil Wayne. Oh, Don't put me on the spot like that. <laughs> uh, I know the line you're talking about. What song is that from? Yeah. Dave is on this set for this moment. I'm about to go Andre the Giant. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody. It's Rick Ross and Lil Wayne, right? Yeah. yeah. I, shoot, my girlfriend would kill me right now. <laughs> She's so mad at me watching this right now. Hey, Q, real quick. So, um, on a prep meeting, you seem pretty cool. You seem authentic. Right. You seem real. Right. So, you talked about Gino. Can we keep it real? Yeah. So, oh, what you gonna ask him? Shane, I, didn't prep him for this. I keep it real. I didn't prep him for this. Nice questions. I keep it real. I didn't prep right. him, no. <laughs> my brother. Now, Gino was the backup and Russ was the starter. Right. So Russ has been the best offensive player the Seahawks has ever had. Let's right. just keep it 100. Yeah. Right. So when he he was leaving, right, and then Gino was the backup, and we all know Gino Smith's resume before this year. Right. I played against him, and, and so I know him, know him, right? Right. You wasn't nervous. Keep it real. I mean, Russ was leaving. I mean, anytime a, a Hall of Famer in my eyes, I think Russ. Okay. You know there we I mean? go. Anybody that's leaving in that stature that's done what he's done. He has every record in Seahawks history. Of course, you're going to be nervous that, you know, the, the starting franchise quarterback, you right, know, right. Super Bowl winner, um, led them to a lot of playoff games. And I think he only missed the playoff once or twice since he's been there. Yep. So, of course, you're going to be nervous. But I also think we looked at it as a challenge, like I told you. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, if it wasn't that Rush didn't want to be there. There was some other things going on. I heard that. I heard that. If you didn't want to be a part of what we were going to create, then we had to move on and we had to do it our way. And, you know, I took a chance also. I was a free agent last year. So if I didn't believe in that organization, I didn't believe in that franchise, I could have easily left. And, you know, I could have been playing for one of these you two teams. You did get paid a lot of money, though. <laughs> that normally helps, right? You did get paid a lot of money. Hey, man, the money's part of it, but I had big offers. <laughs> so I, I tell you, you that. And you was a six-round pick, right? Six-round pick. Real quick, talk about, like, the, having a chip on your shoulder because – and this league, I was a second rounder, and I felt some type of way. Right. They're going to take no Sean real before me, and you, you have that type of attitude right. where you're a six rounder, and yeah. you've seen a lot of guys go before you. Right. Talk about how that, like, uh, drive you to be the player you are today. I mean, I think that's just part of the chip. I mean, a lot of that goes back to college, too. I know Manny knows the story of, you know, my brother was a consensus All-American at University of Texas, and I almost didn't get an offer, and all these other guys were getting wow. offered. You know that's what tough, I mean? Yeah. So for me, it was that, and then, you know, six-round draft pick. That just kind of adds to it. So, um, you know, I, I still have a, you know, I still look, go look every year. I'm checking off names, the guys that's not in the league. You remember the names? I don't remember the names. Do you already got to put before you? Not all of them. It's oh, like 24. Really no, no. But oh, I go. Me? I know. <laughs> oh, I know. The interview's not about me, but if you want me to, go ahead. We, we definitely want to hear it. No Sean Marino. Okay. Went to the, the Broncos. Yep. 12th pick. Yep. Uh, a guy named uh, Donald Brown. Oh, yeah. Right. With the uh, UConn. Yep. Uh, he went. right? Yeah, oh, he went to the Colts. Yeah. Right? He was a uh, uh, 28th pick. Yep. And then the 31st pick. Who was it? Was it the Arizona Cardinals. Was it Beanie, Wells? Beanie Wells. Oh. <laughs> hey, that could have had me. That's a Beanie. You know what? It's not about me. It's about 
about you, <laughs> Dave. <laughs> Hey, I get emotional. I'm a hey, cancer. I get emotional. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. You got to keep that chip in. I mean, Hall of Fame in your own right. So they, them guys, they missed out on you. I actually, I appreciate that line of questioning because I'm curious. So you're a six-round pick. You know the difficulty. You're a DB, too. You understand how challenging that is. With all due respect, I mean, y'all have so many great vets, but, like, the rookie class for y'all was so huge this year. Yes. And you mentioned Tariq Woolen. I think he's a fourth-round pick. How yeah. Fifth, excuse me, fifth round pick. <laughs> How impressive is that for a day three pick to come in six picks, defensive rookie of the year candidate? I mean, what, what have you seen from that guy this year? I mean, first of all, when you see him, you look at him, you just, this guy, like like Shady said earlier, like he's meant to play football. You know what I mean? He's he's one of those guys that he's 6'4". He has super long arms. Super skinny, though. Super, super skinny. But he runs a 4'2". So you put him out there and it's just like, He's pressing guys out. He has great hips. He's not one of those big, tall guys that's stiff. He can run. And, you know, I used to challenge him, man. I used to challenge him every day in practice. I would be supposed to lean backside to him with DK and Tyler over there, and I'd look at him like, you locked, bro. I'm going to go get an interception. You know, <laughs> whatever you got to do, do that. And I think that challenge is what really helped him, and I think going against those two guys really helped him throughout the year. And uh, he's a phenomenal talent, and he's going to continue to grow and get better. Talk to us about Pete Carroll because he, he's gone through so many different versions in his career and now it's, it's a new chapter for him. But he has such a youthful energy. I mean, running around the, the facility with a scooter and just doing whatever. Yes. What, what is it like to have somebody that has a resume that he has but also the energy? Like, does that reflect in what you guys do? Yeah, no doubt. I think he's the ultimate players coach. I mean, I think um, with Pete, you see him as a legend because that's what I see him as. You know, I remember wanting to go to USC when Pete Carroll was there and things like that. So for me, you know, him to be one of the rare few coaches to come out of the college ranks and be so successful that he's been, um, I think that speaks to him as a, as, a, as a coach, but I also think it speaks to him as a person because he knows how to get through to his players. And um, what he brings to the table, you know, he's just kind of like the cool dad where, you know, like you guys say, he's on the scooter, he has his big shoes, he's running up and down the field. and he lets you just kind of be yourself. That's big thing about our culture is, you know, you be who you are. You know, we don't want anybody to change you. You do what you do. You talk your trash. You don't want to do something, then tell us. You don't want to do it, and we'll try to get it to cater to you. But um, I think he plays a big part in that. And when he called me last year um, telling me that, you know, he wanted me to be the captain of the defense and come back and lead, um, that meant a lot to me. So for me, I feel like when I go out and play, I got I to gotta show him and, continue to prove to him that he made the right choice. Q, question for you. Last two for you. Um, Pete Carroll, I need your favorite Pete Carroll story. The whole audience came here for good stories. Y'all came here for good stories, right? Yeah. 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 You came for a good story, right? Yeah. All right, man. I need your favorite Pete Carroll story. I mean, it's a few. Um, it's a few because he's an interesting old man. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's definitely an interesting old man. I mean... Um, I mean, everybody has seen the combine story where he took his shirt off with DK yep. and stuff like that. But, I mean, that's just – that's him. You know, I think this year for a Monday night game, of course, we're getting, ready, we're getting ready to play the Broncos. And, you know, you got Russ out there. And of course, he wants to win that game a lot. Oh, you see that? Yeah, he okay. wants to win that game. He's a competitive, competitive, competitive old man. But uh, – <laughs> So, like, we're just sitting there, and, you know, I've been there, like, three and a half years. So, like, sometimes, you know, team meets can get redundant. you like, I'm just ready to play on Monday Night Football. Yeah. Bro. Like, I'm just ready to play. And then all of a sudden, all you hear is just, like, 
boom. He's running through the through the um the little uh whiteboard in there. He just ran through the whiteboard. And so everybody like, ah, like getting crunk, getting crunk. And he like pumping up. Yes, bro. So they was like, do it again, do it again. So they, <laughs> they, they pick it up. He stepped back farther, he runs. Boom, run it over, everybody get up. They cancel the meetings because everybody's so hyped. Like, but that's just who he is. Like, he brings it. Yeah, come on, bro. You oh, seen the Monday night game? I just had to make sure, though. You run through walls. You probably went in the game. Oh, man. I mean, I just think that's who he is. That's, that's what he wants to be. He wants the team to, to be loose, have fun with it, and bring high energy in. That's just the person he is. I mean, he's always on that scooter with the big shoes riding around. That's just what he does. Q, you feather my brother, feather my friend. Appreciate yes, you joining it. Can we get a round of barbecue? So he goes by Pat P, P twice, Patrick Peterson, lockdown, all the things. Yo, how it feel being back in AZ? Obviously, you played here. You were drafted here. How it feel just being back in the city? It feels awesome. The weather, most and <laughs> foremost. You know, leaving Minnesota, it was like, it was like I came into heaven. Yeah. You know, coming here, not seeing any snow. So it feels great to be back here in a golf atmosphere because, you know, I love playing golf. So I had the opportunity to play golf yesterday. So feels good to be back in my second home. P. Twice, you are one of the best cornerbacks of the generation. I yep. think yes, about Dar Darrell Revis, depending on what generation you look at. Yep. Then there's Richard Sherman and there's Patrick Peterson. Yep. And that's what it is. Like, it's Richard Sherman, Patrick Peterson, Patrick Peterson, Richard Sherman. It don't matter how you look <laughs> at it. But you traveled all over the field. Yep. Wherever the best receiver went, you went. Obviously, for the most part, Sherman played in that cover three defense. Do you wish you had it easier? Because you had it hard now. <laughs> like, he had eight Pro Bowls, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Three all pros, y'all. Do you wish you had it easier? <laughs> nah, I, I, I wouldn't change anything at all because that's how it was for me in high school. You know, P2, go get that guy. Yep. You know, we need you to shut him down, go get him. You know, we need you to go make plays, go do that. So it's something I've been doing my whole entire career. So when I got here in the NFL, it was like second nature for me. And I, I think myself watching the corners when I played against the really top corners, the elite guys, like we all watched Dion, he traveled. But Darrell Rebus was the first quarterback I ever seen. The defense is huddling up right. or in the office huddle. He's not even over there. He's about, he's over there tying his shoes. Right. I'm like, what the heck is he doing? Because he knew, I don't care what the call is, I got mm. the best wide receiver. Yep. Now, you're the only guy since him that I really watched travel. Yep. Do you put more emphasis or more respect on the cornerbacks that travel with the, with the top wide receivers? Oh, you have to because a lot goes into trying to understand what that opponent is going to do for 60 minutes of a ball game. Right. When he motion, when he's at an extra, uh, when he's at the Z receiver, yeah. what he's going to do when he's at the slot, you know, what, what route he tends to run when the back is set to him. You know, it's mm. things like that. It's things like that. What, he, what routes he run when he's in a condensed set, bunts formation. It's things like that that you have to be fine-tuned in for 60 minutes, and it's hard to be fine-tuned into those small of details for 60 minutes. Well, speaking of traveling, can we travel back to the desk? Let's do it. I need to hear some noise, though. <laughs> I need to hear some noise, though. Can we travel back to the set? Man, uh, Pat P, I got to also say, 
Dave Hellman is an LSU grad. I'm Go Tigers. I had to bring it up. Show the tattoo. Show the tattoo. I can't. Show the tattoo. Find a way to show the tattoo. It's right. I don't care. You unbutton that. Go either way. We don't wait. Don't talk about it. I'm not doing anything else. Oh, yeah. Go Tigers. See, that's my guy. Oh, yeah. Like, all pros, all the Here we go. Show it to the camera. Show it to the camera. There it is. That's nice. There it is. That's dedication right there. I like that. This is this is the original number seven. Oh, yeah. If you don't know what that means, don't talk to me. <laughs> I was I was there, West Virginia. I think Geno Smith was the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, he was. Punt to that took a punt to the house, struck the Heisman pose. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Hey, listen, you want to get him fired up? Mention oh, some I'm, LSU I'm, now. When I, heard, when I heard Pat was coming on the show, I was like, I'm, I'm gonna in. find a way to make this about LSU. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you did it. I, I mean, appreciate we, we, that. We can't. You know, we're we're family now, Mason. Yeah. So. That's true. Go well. Tigers. Exactly. We planned all of this. I'm satisfied. Yeah. I'm satisfied. <laughs> uh, Pat you go from Arizona and you go to Minnesota. Yep. People write you off. Mm-hmm. For obviously, for obviously. One, I won't say that the Cardinals wrote you off, but people write you off. Yep. Then this year, I believe you had five interceptions, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Five of them, right? Yep, five. Most you've had since when? Because y'all uh, be knowing. My second season, so 2012. How much more you got in the tank? Um, I got about two years left. Two years left. Because you're 12? Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of it. That's very precise. Can I be honest? Can I be honest? I do. Let me be honest. That was like one of those softball questions. You just asked to like pass the time. Like, yeah. how much more you got to think? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm still thinking about playing a couple yeah. more. You know, I got two years left. Two years. I'll retire on June yeah. 7th, 2025. You really stuck all of us. We were going to move on. Like, wait a minute. That's not the question. Two years left for sure, though. Okay, well, you know, we'll talk a little bit about Arizona. There's yep. a little, some lot going on there yep. right now. Mm-hmm. And there's some questions about, about Kyler's future there. I, I really want to ask. What do they need to do? What do they need to put around him? Because he's the future there regardless. What, what would you put around him to help him succeed? Man, they have to put someone that's in place that, that's not going to take the bull drive. That's not going to that's gonna be able to stand strong, not only to him, but to everyone. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's not going to be a pushover. You know, a guy that's going to run the program his way. If you don't like it, so be it. And that, that's going to come with a, a culture change. And I hope the coach that they do find can provide that. And, you know, who wouldn't want to come play here in Arizona? You know, it's, this can be a, a destination that a lot of guys want to come to because the weather, the facilities here, you know, they're trying to get guys here. But until they change the culture, I think that's what's going to be the biggest turning point. Now, I have to do this. Um, what do you mean specifically when you say bull jive? <laughs> um, you know, just 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 football, man. Let's just let's just worry about football. You know, just not the people's personal lives and what they have going on outside of the building. Let's let's put our time and focus on trying to be the best football team that we can be. Happy, you've played with quarterbacks from Carson Palmer. Yep. But when you were drafted, because you were drafted the same year as my brother. Yep. Um, I don't my even know. Who, Kevin Cobb? Yeah, Kevin Cobb. We, yep, we traded for him. Oh, yeah, traded for Yeah, Kevin yeah. Cobb. Oh, wait, real quick, quick story. <laughs> when they traded for Kevin Cobb, that Kevin Cobb's my boy. Yep. Larry Fitzgerald, I went, I went to pit, he went to pit. Mm-hmm. He texted me, he said, call me ASAP. I called him up. I said, what's up, big bro? He said, man, why you trick us like that? <laughs> I like, what you mean? He said, your boy, Kevin Cobb. Hey. Ah, I said, that's uh, how we been, how we been. 
Yo, I live for a Shady McCoy story in case y'all want. <laughs> Anytime Shady says quick story, stop what you're doing right, and, and you pay attention. Pay attention. Okay, Kevin Cobb, Carson Palmer, Kyler Murray, uh, Kirk Cousins, amongst others. Kirk Cousins takes a lot of heat. He do, man. He takes a lot of heat. Primetime Kirk Cousins. All these things. Kirk Cousins is an elite. Kirk Cousins be robbing a bank. Kirk Cousins this. Kirk Cousins that. <laughs> Kirk Cousins this. Is Kirk Cousins good? Is he great? Is he elite? What is Kirk Cousins? I, I mean, yeah, Kirk Cousins is good. He's a good quarterback. You know, I just think sometimes some of the, the, the moments that occur obviously never end up falling in his, you know, in his direction. But if you look at his numbers. Got numbers. He, he can he can you can stack them up with the best of them. Like you know, I think now him understanding. I don't know if he sees it as a, as a curse of him of uh, on himself, but we if I'm there next year, we, he has to find a way as a team to will us to win those games. Would you? Okay, you are. We need to win those. You are the games. most elite defensive back. I would. Well, I won't disrespect you by saying you're an elite defensive back. You are the most elite defensive back. Yes, he is. Would playing against as defenders always look at it like this. Does that person put fear in my eyes? Mm-hmm. That's, that's who I think about if they're a leader or not. It's like, do they put fear in my eyes? Does Kirk Cousins, if he's on the opposite end, does he put fear in Patrick Peterson's eyes as a quarterback? Yes, he can dot you up. If, if Kirk has a clean pocket, and obviously that comes with, you know, guys in front of him giving him that opportunity to deliver the ball, Kirk can make any throw in the book. And we've seen when he have clean pockets, he can make those throws. But any quarterback that's not set in the pocket, guys in his face, hands flying all over the place, they're going to be inaccurate. You know what I mean? So it's just those, some of those inaccurate throws cost us in, you know, in the playoff game, but no quarterback is, has been really successful in a cloudy pocket. I got a couple more hard-hitting questions for you, but also you got that red cup to your left. Yep. When I went over there to dap you up Circle K, tell me about what you got going with Circle K. Man, nothing much real big with Circle K. It's something that, you know, um, it was a gas station that literally right across the street from the uh, facility, I should stop there every single morning to grab me a cup of coffee. And, you know, for the most part, it was like a daily routine for me. You know, so um, now being here, they partnered up with me, wanted me to come out here and just talk about my experience and, you know, my endeavors that, I sh- uh, that I've had uh, in my 10 years here in Arizona. And for the most part, I never had a bad cup. And this is going to be my last <laughs> cup here today. And um, we on to the next, baby. Hey, we love, we love lists on this show. Shady uh, McCoy usually always going to put somebody in the hot seat, but okay. I will take that responsibility for right now. Top five cornerbacks, excluding Patrick Peterson, okay. the top five cornerbacks in currently game. in the game right now. Man, that's tough. Um, I got to go. In order. Damn, <laughs> Macho. In order. In order. I can't do order. I'm just going to give you five names. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take what I can get. Um, I, I mean, I got to go both guys, uh, James, uh, Bradbury, uh, Slay, both of those guys playing at a very, very high level. What do they play for? Philly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both of them guys got their own island for sure. Um, got to go with the young fella sauce. Mm-hmm. And he had an unbelievable rookie campaign. Can't, uh, can't wait to see what his career is going to unfold like. Uh, Sertan, can't, can't leave him off the list. And uh, number, uh, the fifth one, man, it's hard leaving Jalen off there. You know, Jalen, I know a lot of people may say you have a, he had a down year, but he's a dog, man. He is. He's yes. a baller, and I love to see him play on a Sunday. Okay, flip side of the same issue. And I, I would ask this question no matter where he went to school, but you've gotten a very close look at Justin Jefferson. Yeah. 
and you've played. I mean, you've played against the best. You you were the you are the best. You're the best of your generation. Yep. Julio, all that cool stuff. Yep. Where does Justin Jefferson stack up? Like, how good is he really? Oh, he's up there. Man, he 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 will be the best of his generation, and he's the best receiver right now in the game. Oh. And just is, is that a bias? Like, because no, 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 no. And we can go back. You know, you know, I do a podcast, all things covered. Yep. I've been talking about this since April that he will have the season that he that he end up having this year. He, I know he didn't end up getting a triple crown, but the work that he put in, what I've seen day in and day out from last year and what he wanted to become this year, it was a no-brainer. No, because, you know, all good things, good things happen to people who put the, the, the hard work into it, you know, and he's done that. My brother, I always ask him questions about the Cardinals because I love the Cardinals. Patrick Peterson went in the first round in the 2011 draft. My brother went in the fourth round. Yep. I asked my brother. He played with Calais Campbell, Larry Fitzgerald, you. I said, hey, who's the most talented football player you've ever played with? Mm-hmm. And he hesitated for a second. I thought he would say Fitz. Fitz is walking into the Hall of Fame. He said, Pat P. <laughs> so let me ask you the same question, right? Who is the most talented player? And you've played with a lot of them. Yeah. Who's the most talented player you've ever played with or played against? Man, talent, most talented player, top to bottom. And I play with a bunch of them, man. Tyron's up there. Tyron Matthew. Fitzy's up there. Larry Fitzgerald. But I got to go with David Johnson. Just because. Running back David Johnson. Yes, just because wow. his return. I was, just I'm not be, expecting that. He was talking about just talent. Talent. His return skills was crazy when he was back there as a returner. He came in as a, he was a receiver. You know, uh, at NAU, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so he came in as a receiver, and what Bruce Aarons was able to do with him his first two years as a a receiving running back, he kind of changed the game into into trying to get the ball into running back's hand. I know Shady, obviously, was a very, very electrified running back in the game, but when you had that type of guy with that statue, he was a big 6'3", like he was a gazelle. Like he was, he was different. And you can have an opportunity to split him out wide in the slot. He created those mismatches. So far as talent, David Johnson. Sure. Last one for you. You walked into the league and you were a Pro Bowler your rookie year as a punt returner. Yep. And then I believe seven more Pro Bowls in Arizona as a cornerback. Eight straight Pro Bowls. You had a Hall of Fame career in this city. Mm-hmm. Any animosity? that they did not resign you? Any animosity that you end up in, in in Minnesota? Any animosity that Pat P has not been an Arizona Cardinal for the last few years? No, nah, not at all, man. And I, I love it here in Arizona, man. I still call it home. I just had one grief for one person. <laughs> that was Steve Kime. That was all. Why? <laughs> because he wasn't a man of his word. And oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to have a quick therapy session. We're going to have a quick therapy session. We're have a quick therapy session because um, I, had, I had animosity with Chip Kelly. Shady, do you like – you had animosity with Chip Kelly. No, not really. No, really, no animosity. Hmm. We'll talk about that off camera. What? Uh, what, um, what did Steve Kime say that he didn't do? He just didn't receive – he just didn't say what he was going to do in free agency. You know, he said he was going to call me, say he was supposed to reach out to me, you're traveling, I'm going to call you back tomorrow. You know, just things like that and never got a response at any moment during that period. Then as soon as I signed with Minnesota, now your phone worked. Ooh. So that's where the disrespect to me just went to an all-time high. Now his phone worked. It'd be like that. Yeah. See, when they need you, that's when they call you back. Shame on them. Can we get a round of applause? All right, okay, this is, this is a 
very special moment for the show because just like we talk about the Cowboys every day, somehow this man gets brought up in every single show. <laughs> it doesn't matter what we're talking about. So, Fred, when I say you are Emmanuel's favorite, I will go as far as man crush, but I don't want to be wild. Yeah, 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 yeah. we good. Okay, we good. but this is uh, this is a very special moment for Speak. So thank you for coming out. Let's give him a round of applause, and I'll let I'll let Emmanuel do the proper introduction. Uh, viewers at home, consider this a privilege. Consider it an honor. You are in the presence of not just greatness, but the elite of elite. Fred Warner, first team All-Pro this year, quarterbacking the best defense in football, one of the best defenses we've seen in a mighty long time of the San Francisco 49ers. Fred, first and foremost, being in Arizona, just talk to me about the season, which culminated to falling one game short of the Super Bowl. Talk me through it. Yeah, no, it's bittersweet to be out here. I've, this is the first time seeing the, uh, the stadium. You know, and this is what you work for all season long. This is the goal. This is the standard, especially playing for an organization, the 49ers, where winning is the standard, you know. And uh, <laughs> I'm sitting here taking this in. The first time I'm seeing it, it sucks, bro. It hurts, you know, because that's where we wanted to be. But, um, you know, things happen. You know, that's life. You get punched in the face sometimes, and it's how you respond, how you get up from it. Uh, so I know we'll be better for it. Does it hurt more because your quarterback got hurt, and do you feel like you would have won that game if everything would have went according to script as it pertains to health. Yeah, no, it was an interesting way to lose. Um, you know, you mentioned losing your quarterback in, what, the first series of the game. Uh, your your fourth-string quarterback goes down with a concussion, so then the, the, the third string got to come back in and just hand the ball off all second half. So, um, you know, it was a lot of mixed emotions. I think more than anything, we, we felt like this was the year. Like, I, I know for myself, I wrote it down. Like, I put it on post-it notes all around the house. I got them, I got them up. I'm saying we are going to be Super Bowl 57 champions. Is that what you had on post-it notes That's in what house? I had, Super Bowl 57 champion. You know, February 12th, I knew the day. I knew what Super Bowl it was, and I knew we were going to be here in Arizona. And uh, unfortunately, that didn't happen, you know. And so that's what hurts the most is when you, when you give your whole heart to something and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't happen the way you want it to. But, hey, you know, you learn from it. D'Amico Ryans, he was my linebacker in Philadelphia. He was my big bro in the same squad. Uh -oh. He was your defensive coordinator. He's gone now, though. Right. Talk about D'Amico Ryans. One, are you going to miss him? And if so, how much? <laughs> Am I going to miss him? Man, listen, I could sit here all day and talk about D'Amico and what he means to me, um, you know, as a player and as a man. I came in. I'm a young cat out of BYU. I, I don't even know how to play off the ball backer. I don't even know how to get in the stands behind, behind the D-line, right? And D'Amico took me under his wing and developed me into being a two-time first-team All-Pro middle linebacker. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Y'all heard he said two-time, right? Heard, <laughs> hey, I don't hear nothing from the crowd. Y'all heard he said two-time, right? Y'all heard he said two-time, right? Thank you. Developed you into being a two-time All-Pro. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, it's – it's not, it's not like you could just take any player who played at a high level because obviously he played at a real high level when he played, right? But the ability to teach, to teach the game um, was something that separates him and obviously being a leader of men like he was when he played for the Eagles and played for the Texans. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the Texans got the best head coach in the league aside from Kyle Shanahan, of course. But, um, man, I'm so happy for him. He's so deserving, and I'm happy to see how he, how he does. Well, we got one of the best linebackers in football joining the show, one of the best teachers, obviously, playing the game at a high level. He knows a lot about the game. So I want to teach 
you, the viewer, here in a moment. Now, as, as the rest of the desk comes to join, uh, join us over here on the field, Fred, there's one play that the Eagles run that mm -hmm. I believe is incredibly hard to stop. Sure. As a Mike linebacker, you're typically off of that number three wide receiver. Yep. And the number three wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles was often Dallas Goddard. Yep. He would bubble, and you would be torn because Miles Sanders is taking a handoff going left, and the number three wide receiver okay. is going right. Fred, Dave Hellman, <laughs> Joy Taylor, LaShawn McCoy. Now, Fred, what is – well, first off, we have the play, so can we take a look at it? Can yeah, we take please, a look at it for please, the viewers? Let's take a look. Let's um, take a look at now, it. Now, what is the hardest thing to stop about a play like this? What y'all are going to see is the Eagles have those three wide receivers. Dallas Goddard's number three. Fred Warner's about to be highlighted here in a moment. That's the bad man right there. Fred. Now, Dallas is going to bubble to the right, but Miles Sanders is going to take that zone to the left. Fred is in a bind. He got to play the bubble. But he also got to play the inside zone. Yep. This was the longest touchdown run by a running back for the Eagles all day. This is the difference between winning and losing. Is that predicament the Eagles put you in. For Chiefs fans, for Eagles fans, how in the world can a linebacker stop that play? No, that's a tough play. You mentioned it. I mean, I have a responsibility in the run game uh, having Jalen Hurts if he pulls that ball because it is an RPO. Hold on, hold on. Can we demo it? Because Joy loves ahead, us yeah, and Jalen Hurts. Yeah, we love Joy, you're going to be Jalen Hurts. offense to defend. Okay. Jay, you the run back. You so, the run back. You so the run back. this is the offense. That's the offense. And we're, we're the defense. Backer. Dave, you the wide receiver. Uh -oh. You the wide receiver. You the wide receiver. We might need a couple, need we might need a couple <laughs> extra pieces. <laughs> but, 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 we'll, but we'll just play along. You play know? along with it. Play along we'll with it. Wide out a little more, Dave. Wide out a little more. Wide out a little more. Dave, you know you, Shay, you know you a little back. Bend your knees a little bit now, Dave. Come on, man. Be a player. Come on. Be a player. So what it is, Joy is going to be Jalen Hurts. LaShawn McCoy is obviously Miles Sanders, but he can be LaShawn McCoy. He's the Eagles all-time rushing leader. Dave Hellman is that number three receiver. Fred Warner is going to be the linebacker who he was, that bad man. What in the world can you do when you see that action of Jalen Hurts handing it to Miles Sanders, but he might pull it and throw it to Goddard? Well, here's, here's the key, right, is that we have a different call depending on the play. And let's just say it's our base down defense. Maybe it's a cover three. You got to rely on every single piece of your defense to execute their job in order for the play to work, right? So I have Jalen Hurts if he pulls his ball. Like, go ahead. We, we give him the run pass off. Okay. Now she, she Jalen Hurts, now, ha <laughs> now has the option where she can either run the ball down the field where I would then have to tackle, or if I'm, if I'm in a great position, let's say I'm in a great position to go make the tackle, she can then dump the ball off to Dallas Goddard over here in the flat where then we need our Locked. defensive backs. Yep. With, with blockers, where we need our defensive backs over there to be able to make that play as well. So that's kind of the give and take. Now, if she were to hand the ball off to uh, Mr. McCoy here or Miles Sanders, as it was. How hard is it in my prime? Man, you. <laughs> oh, he laughed at you. I know. I mean, he I, 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 I ain't laughing I mean, at you. He laughed at you. Patrick Willis. Now, listen. Laugh. Patrick Willis wouldn't laugh. Now listen, I seen I seen the way you be carrying that ball around though. You be carrying that thing. Like, I don't fumble though. I don't, you be carrying that thing like <laughs> that field, boy. I don't know. Can answer the question. I'm coming in like this. Okay. All right. I'm okay. Like this. Okay. All right. But no. Um, the the thing, the play that they kept running that was really good for them was we call it a belly wipe where they taking Travis Kelsey as their pulling guard. Mm. Yeah. As the center. Yeah. You know what I'm Kelsey. saying? Yeah, Jason Kelsey. Yo, my, 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 what did I say? Travis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he Travis. Down, he uh, home. They coming at you all yeah. different ways. You don't even know which one it is. But anyway, so. Uh, Jason, Jason, he's pulling and creating an extra down, gap. Then he would pull. He's pulling, he's yeah, creating an extra gap. So yeah. my guy, Dre Greenlaw out here, he's expecting me to kind of be on the inside of that center as he's turning he it back more. to me. And yeah. I have to, and go ahead. No, 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 no. We, we got to take a commercial break. Can you go stick ahead. around for one more block? Absolutely. You got 10 more minutes for oh, me? Yeah, we you got, got 10 oh, more minutes for you, boy? Absolutely. Thank Let's you, my do dog. Yes, when sir. we return, we're going to ask Fred Warner, all-pro linebacker, a couple more questions at the desk with the whole show. Let's get it going. 
joined by two-time All-Pro linebacker Fred Warner. And honestly, I feel like this is how people feel when they meet Beyonce. <laughs> I feel like this is how people feel. Now we got to dive right into it because we're running into the end of the show. Fred, you played against the Chiefs offense. And I'm not going to lie, as a person who loves defense, it was not a great performance. <laughs> like, it was bad. It was real bad. Yeah. Bad, bad. You also played against the Eagles offense. Yeah. Eagles and Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. You're one of the best defenders on the best defense in the league. What offense is, is better? Is it the Chiefs offense? Is it the Eagles offense? And why? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you could say one's just, just clearly better than the other. They both had great seasons and obviously had their way with the Niners, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or else we'd be over there, right? Um, but, no, I think with, with the Chiefs, it obviously it all starts and, and ends with Pat Mahomes, um, you know, him and being the talent that he is. They're just, just a tremendous player. Um, the Eagles, I think it all, it all starts with the run game to open up everything else. They have a lot of great playmakers on that side. Um, it's going to be a great battle. I think it will be a high-scoring game. Uh, there is, there is some, uh, some good defense being played as well, but, I mean, both teams are, are high-powered. Fred, I don't think I've laughed harder this season than when you carried CeeDee Lamb down the seam <laughs> in the second half of that playoff game. And is that funny? Uh, funny because it was so amazing. Okay. Like, literally, I, like, I texted Acho. I was like, there's your guy. I, I, I mean, that's amazing. Like, there aren't that many linebackers that can do that. I, and I get, you know, part of it is obviously just athletic ability, but coverage is so important in the NFL these days, and there aren't a lot of linebackers that can do that. I mean, what is, what is the key element in pass coverage that, that you've developed over the course of your career? It's honestly more, it's more so about understanding concepts than it is about athleticism to me because – um, you know, in that, in that specific play, I knew we had a blitz on. I knew the ball had to come out, you know, fairly quick. And I knew I had the middle, middle run yeah, through. Middle run. Right. And so I'm over here. I'm hugged up in the A-gap. And I knew my coach specifically told me, don't hang up in that A-gap too yeah. long because you know what you got down there. But there was a play earlier on in the game where we're in the first, first uh, drive of the, of the series. Um, is a third down. I have CD down the, down the pipe just like we did on, on that play, right? And I kind of was, you know, I was tempoing him. And I was like, oh, this wasn't quite feeling like he was burning me, right? Like, I'm kind of sticking with him. So, <laughs> I had to fill it out a little bit. <laughs> you know, I had to fill it out. And so later on in the game, I, seen, I saw him at three, and I'm, I'm down in the egg. I'm like, okay, I'm going to hold a little longer to give my guy some more time to hit the blitz uh, and come free. Uh, and I got out of there, and I hauled all the way down the field. And the thing I'm most proud about on that play is something that I've worked on a ton uh, in the offseason, in season, is when you're in phase, looking back for the ball. You know, not panicking. Not panicking when you're out there because – when it's just you and another wide receiver, their number one wide receiver in all this grass, and you yep. see his eyes getting real yep. wide, it's like, uh-oh, it's time. Like, it, it, you, you better come. You better come uh, ready to play. So, uh, you know, the ability to kind of get my hand on him and get my head around to, uh, you know, make that a, a, a harder play for them to make. Scout on the Eagles, right? That's my, I want a question for you I, I had because I was just wondering because I watch a lot of tape. Scouting the Eagles, what was hard from watching tape, but then in the game, like, whoa, this is even harder than I thought. Uh, my worst nightmare is going against running quarterbacks because it, it just it creates so many different things that you have to defend as a defender, especially as a linebacker. You know, we just mentioned it out there on the field, all these different things that I have to worry about. Okay, if Jalen pulls it here and then the RPO run pass option, uh, you know, them running the ball, they have great running backs, a great, great offensive line, playmakers down the field to throw the ball. You know, there's just so many different elements that you got to defend. Uh, so that's kind of the thing that, looking at tape, I knew that we were going to have to handle. And then in game, everything kind of held up. You know, I knew that they wanted to run the ball. They, they, st they stuck true to that. Um, I think going into the game, I thought they were going to try to utilize Jalen a little more running the ball. But 
he honestly wasn't really trying to pull it. He was more so giving the handing the ball off, and that kind of threw me off a little bit. In turn, I could have just played more true to the actual run game. Yeah, I got two quick questions for you. One, I interviewed your boy Debo today, right, this morning. <laughs> yeah, right. He had a lot to say. But I was asking him just about, like, you guys always get close. Yeah. What you think is left? What you think you need to do to get over that hump? Um... I mean, I don't think there's a clear-cut answer. I think if you look come at the way, on, hold on, if you, come on now, if you, great defense. Come on now. If you look at the way, if you look at the way we lost in Philly, why did we lose? Quarterback. We we our, our quarterback got injured. Our third-string quarterback, third-string quarterback, seventh-round draft pick, Mr. Mystery Relevant, got injured. Like the fact that we're even in that position to begin with, Rock and we train. made and we made it. Oh, here we I go. Gotta, I gotta go to Rocker Train. Go. I gotta go to break. Yeah, right, on that ahead. note. We will return. We might get an answer. But we might not. It's MG. Hey, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I did not realize how good we looked until we were standing up. I didn't realize how good everybody looked until we were standing up. Mark Sanchez, ladies and gentlemen, former teammate of myself, New York Jets quarterback. Now, Sanchez, what we need your help with is this. Well, first off, Shady, did y'all handle it? But before we went to break, Shady said that Mark Sanchez owed him a date or two. Did y'all handle your business? We're going to settle that off camera. Off camera? Just it's not sure what it sounds sure like. Good. It's always what it looks like, but it's not what it's it sounds like. It's not what it all what it sounds like. Yeah. Okay. Now, what it looks like and sounds like is that the Eagles' defense is bone-crushing good. But we want to break down how Andy Reid, because he's a genius, as LaShawn yes, McCoy has yes, told me, is. how Andy Reid can stop the Philadelphia Eagles' pass rush. I went back and watched the Chiefs versus Defensive Player of the Year, Nick Bosa. Okay. And I saw Shady and I saw Joy, what all they did to slow down the Defensive Player of the Year. So we want to teach all at home a thing or two about what Andy Reid might be yep. able to do. He might be able to manipulate the outside linebackers to eliminate the pass rush, and here's how he's going to do it. Now let me introduce some characters. Joy Taylor is going to be Travis Kelsey. Tight end. Right. <laughs> nice. Mark Sanchez is going to be the quarterback. He's Patrick uh-huh. Mahomes. Okay. LaShawn McCoy, he needs no introduction. He's always a running back. He had beats. Uh, Pacheco, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Dave Hellman's going to be our offensive tackle. Dave, I'm going to need you here at right tackle, big dog. Right tackle. Going to need you here at right tackle. Hardest job, man. Jordan, you're up wise. You're on the line, on the line, on the line, on the line. Sanchez, can you be in the gun, sir? Can you be in the shotgun, sir? Can you be in the shotgun? Shady, you need no help with this. Now, the very first thing that they can do, if I am Hassan Reddick, I have 19 sacks on the season. They can sprint left and simply sprint away. Dave will go away. They can sprint away from Hassan Reddick. Sanchez, give us a cadence. Wide 80, wide 80, hut, boom, cross, cross. They sprint away. When you sprint away, very simply put, Hassan Reddick, the left end with 16 sacks in the season, he is rendered useless. He will not be able to get anywhere and do anything. What else they can do? Joy, you go back uh, as Travis Kelsey. Sanchez, can you motion Travis Kelsey down? Joy and the offensive tackle, Travis Kelsey and the right tackle, they can double team Hassan Reddick. So very simply put. And a drop back. And a drop back. Here we go. White 80, come on down, Travis. It's a hut. Boom. Get double team. So now if Hassan Reddick is double teamed, he's not going to win that. That's another option. The other thing that they can do, Dave Hellman at tackle, three-step, Dave Hellman can just cut Hassan Reddick. So Hassan Reddick, 19 sacks on the season if you count playoffs. He injured Brock Purdy for context. The reason the Niners had no shot at the game, Hassan Reddick. Three-step, all you're going to do, Boom. Aggressive don't up front, cut. take out his don't legs. Don't cut me. Can't I got wait. bad knees, America. Say, there we you go. sure about this? Wide 80, wide 80, Boom. Boom. Cut. Quick they can ball. also cut him. Ball's going to come out. Now, Shady, offset my way. If LaShawn McCoy, the running back, Isaiah Pacheco's offset towards Hassan Reddick, the other thing they can do, Shady, chip. you can come cut me right. Oh, let's go there. I love chip that. Him. You can chip him, Shady. You already know. Get some rib meat. No Get some rib meat right in the ribs there, Shady. White 80, white 80, boom. boom. Shady, the running back's going to come out. The way out. Bam. Bro. I, I got a question, though. I got oh. a question. 
We're, everything's for Hassan Reddick. Yep. They got too many they up front. They got too many of them that could get the quarterback. Do. They do. But you know what it is, Shady. They got to take care of one. You got to at least take at care least of one start first somewhere. Foremost. Start okay. somewhere. Now, here is how we're going to end. This was the most impressive play that the Chiefs had in their playbook, especially against the San Francisco 49ers. Shady, can you be? Uh, Miko yeah, Miko Hardman. Oh, he's not playing. He's not playing. Uh, Jared McKinnon. Yeah, I do. So McKinnon, uh, it can be McKinnon in the slot. Okay, It'll be McKinnon okay, in the slot. Okay. Shady's going to come around. Sanchez is going to hand him the ball. Dave, you are not going to block me. The right tackle is not going to block me. Joy, you can just go upfield. You're not blocking me either. I'm the sh- best way sometimes to block somebody is Shady Stretch. Don't, don't pull no <laughs> hammy on set. Don't pull no hammy on set. All right, I'm ready. I'm all right, you good. The best way to block somebody sometimes is to not block him at all. Dave is the right tackle. I am going to be the pass rusher. Do not block me. Go straight up to the linebacker. So you're going to send him in motion? Quick pitch. Toss and ball. ball. Toss and ball. So this is Love the it. way the Kansas City Chiefs scored not once but twice against the Niners' number one defense in ball. That's what the Eagles did to Micah Parsons, too. Big, exactly Fight right. Fight it. Hut. Hut. Let him go. Let him go. Let him go. Boom. <laughs> Before I even realized what has happened, before I even got to Shady's trying to score a touchdown, I don't know what, I don't know what Shady Sorry. and Travis Kelsey are doing. And there they nice. are. Before the defensive end will either realize what happened, they can end up being unblocked. Sanchez, you are the resident quarterback. You are a genius. You yep. played in several big oh. games. How would you block an elite pass rusher well, like what they got going on? Yeah, elite here, pass rushers. Yeah, here's part of it. I think you got to start with the plan for Redick, number one. You got to chip him with the back. You got to double team him with the tight end tackle, like we mentioned. Get two tight ends on him. I'll tell you what I'd never do, and that's unfortunately what San Francisco found out quickly. I'll never have Kittle have to go across the formation and go try and chip him while your quarterback's turned away from him, turning around and getting smacked. Why would you not do that? The angle, his speed, part of it was because they were on the road and it was so loud. The silent cadence really screwed up the timing of that. That was an issue. The other thing is, I'd never put my second best blocking tight end one-on-one. Croft, unfortunately, that's a job that's a little too big for that guy. He can't be one-on-one with him. I wouldn't do that to my guys. But the issue, once again, they shift these guys in and out like a line change in hockey. There's too many of them. And that's what has me scared about Philly's defense. If I could have three jobs in the world, one would be to coach the Philly uh, O-line. Second would be coach the Eagles D-line. And third would be a bartender at a Mexican restaurant in Cinco de Mayo. That's how easy it is. All right? I promise you that is the best job in football is coaching those two sides of the football on the offensive and defensive line. It's lots of, like, I guess – Watch after. You got so many backups that can go on and do the same thing. One thing about Andy Reid, though, that I'm worried about is he's great with the screens. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid's known for having the screens. I mean, from Brian Westbrook on to all the running backs even now, and they get the ball out so quick. One thing about Pastor Mahomes, he gets the ball out so quick. Yeah. I just think that, man, if, if we could just keep him contained in the pocket, not him crazy and off balance. And we got to watch out there, Travis Kelsey. If Travis Kelsey have a big day, it's going to be a long, long night. He'll get some of those screens, too. Absolutely. Yeah. They're going to have to yep. – the Chiefs are going to have to use the screen game to keep that defensive line off balance. It's going to be cadence, screen game, and all different kinds of blocking that you mentioned. Yeah. What do you, you think, Travis Kelsey? <laughs> <laughs> we back? We yeah. head back? Can we head I'm back? Ready. Can we head back? Can oh, we head back? Oh, good and terrified of Hassan Reddick? Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, Sanchez, now let me ask you this as we get another chair – on to the set. Let, yeah, me, ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let we'll me trade for this. the date, you know I me. Mean? <laughs> Sanchez, go right there. Let's welcome Mark Sanchez over here. <laughs> Sanchez, let me ask you this. If you are preparing for that caliber of defense, is the best approach, the Eagles defense, is the best approach come out the gate and screen them and draw them and let that pass rush that the Eagles have be used against themselves. What's the best approach offensively? Well, I think you're going to see that from Andy Reid, 
number one. The first 15. You yeah. played for Andy Reid. He's the best first 15. As a West What coach, are the first 15? I want to make uh, sure the first, The everything. first 15, you're scripting these 15 plays as if plays were going to go in sequential order, depending on where you get the football, but assuming you get it on your own 25. We're going to script an entire drive. And essentially, it's first, second down. First, second down, you have your top third down calls, whatever. But those first 15, you're going to see every personnel they got, every motion, every shift, everything that the Chiefs will have to offer is going to be in those first 15 to 20 plays. And then they're going to just take notes as they run all those plays based on the situations. All right, how'd they react to this? What did they do to two tight ends? Who did they send on a blitz first? Who did they uh, spy the back with? Are they spying Mahomes or not? Boom. And then they're going to have counters off of everything. That's the magic of Andy Reid, having a contingency plan. So you're going to see it all at the beginning. You're going to see a tight end screen in those first 15. You're going to see a halfback screen. You're going to see the jet sweep. You're going to see it all to get to where they want to be, to set up everything for the rest of the game. I just don't know if they have the juice to go the distance with these guys. They're going to need a return. Sky Moore, somebody's got to show up. Somebody's got to show up to make a play, to steal a possession, and give them a chance. Because pound for pound, I think the Eagles are very tough, maybe too tough. Let's see. Happy um... Chiefs. Lucky to be here. I got, I got a test. I got a, I got a test. I got a, t- I got a test for the audience. Let's see how in tune y'all are real quick before we go to break. Beast. Wait. Oh, no. not sorry. <laughs> He's good. He's paying attention. Sure. That was close. You have to introduce a character. My bad. You have to introduce a pronoun, oh boy. a noun. You have to introduce about the a name. Well, we, I got to do this. Mark Sanchez is a beast. Sanchez appreciates you joining us. Yeah. <laughs>